Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Seen It All, where we break down this week's biggest movie and TV news. Today, we might have a shorter episode. Not too much news coming out. I'm not able to make it out to see the new film of this week, Dracula on a Boat, or professionally titled Last Voyage to Meter, but it's it's Dracula on a Boat, which kind of looks fun. Maybe I'll review it later this week. Who knows if I make it out to see it? We'll see, but I don't have the review for that this week. But also, the actor strike has impeded development on many projects, so not as many, not as much news has been coming out lately. But I want to get started. We have the box office of this past week. Only Murders in the Building Season 3 is back, and we continue with our DC drama from Wonder Woman 3 to Air Cut to James Gunn himself. So we have a lot, a lot to break down. But I first, I first want to start off with the box office, and it is the second biggest July, second biggest July of all time which is absolutely insane. I'm pretty sure it's only behind 2011, which saw Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2, along with a few others. But that is absolutely crazy. And that is 100% due to Barbenheimer. I thought I mentioned before we get to this past first week of August, summer's already over. And before we talk about the box office, I kind of just want to like rave about how great this summer was and how great the summer movies were. More importantly, the movies that stood out. And starting with the first week of May, that's when I started summer. That's why I'm saying the summer has begun. There's some movies I didn't like, but... I love Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. That was amazing. Gonna watch it on Disney Plus again. Fast X. It was such a fun time. Little Mermaid. Awesome. Elemental. One of my surprise standouts of the year. Indian Jones 5. A good time. No Hard Feelings. F- hardest I've laughed in a while. Same with Joyride. Mission Impossible. Dead Reckoning Part 1. Awesome. Very intense. Barbie. Not an I'll just say much more than that. But I saw Barbie again. Oh, it's just, it's just so good. And Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mutant Mayhem. What a great summer, and it's great to see the industry back on track, even if we're probably going to get derailed again with actors and writers strike if they can't come to a deal. I don't know if they're going to be able to come to a deal, which is very, very, very annoying. But overall, box office is up 22%, I believe, from a year prior ago in 2022. And 2022 had Top Gun Maverick and had a few other big hits, too. But it's up. It's up. It's, I think, due to Super Mario Bros. and Barbie at this point. But I don't know if it's going to be up overall total because we had Avatar Way of Water come out the end of last year, which made $2.3 billion. I don't see Aquaman or Wonka doing that. That's not happening. I wish Avatar 3 was coming out this year. I miss Avatar. I want it back. But yeah, getting back both Barbie and Oppenheimer significantly helped with that. But let's discuss the movies that performed well this past weekend. And that's starting off with the Meg to the Trench. Or actually, I just realized it just says Meg to the Trench. It doesn't say the Meg to the Trench. I think it'd be funny if it said the make to the trench. Oh, oh, well, I think I titled all my reviews wrong. Oh, well, but it had to fight off Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Oppenheimer for a second place under Barbie. Barbie got first place. We'll talk about the second, but Barbie got first place easily. These second place winners were all extremely close between Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Oppenheimer, and The Meg, but The Meg won. Surprisingly, I thought it was going to lose out of the three of them. My prediction was way off. It made 30 million domestic. Solid. The first film opened with 45 million back in 2018. Remember Asian August with Crazy Rich Asians searching and then Meg. And so it's a healthy trajectory for the franchise to drop off by that much between films. I mean, that was five years ago. It has a B minus cinema score. So the audience did not like this film. It just, just as my review said, this film is really, really awful. And it's not cheesy awful like I wanted it to be. It's just awful and boring at some parts. It's the second year, second worst of the year for me. Only only uh, only behind insidious five insidious five is 
number one worst. Make 2 also didn't do any cast promotion, so maybe it shows the studios we don't have to delay all our movies for the actual strike, but these CEOs usually take the wrong lessons from, from things, so they'll probably pull out something stupid out about this performance. But I think the film like this didn't require press for the actors while other things do. I think Dune you could sell without the actors. I think stuff like Hunger Games and Challengers, that Zendaya tennis film, those need their actors. But I feel like something with the Meg 2, you know what you're getting. You don't need Jason Statham going around promoting this thing. And then you got the Chinese movie stars that Americans don't know. So Jason Statham would have been the only guy promoting it, and I think they're fine without him at this point can't think of really anything else Gran Turismo is trying to get the audience to promote the film which is so so funny because no the actress can can uh, can support it worldwide the Meg 2 or Meg 2 the trip I'm just gonna call it the Meg 2 the trench it sounds funnier or the film opened 112 million overseas for a 142 million global debut that is on a 127 million dollar budget very good signs for this film turning a profit it's going to turn a profit a majority of the film's money came from China where it opened mid 50 million it fell significantly throughout the weekend I'm pretty sure at the beginning of the like Thursday, they thought it was projecting between 60 to upwards of high 80 million, which was very, very impressive. The first one, I think, opened mid-50s, and it, it fell significantly throughout the week. I think China's more prone to bad word of mouth than America is at this point from box office studying, but it's it's not gonna it's not gonna do well. But bad word of mouth, bad word of mouth spelled spread like fire, 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 like wildfire throughout China. Maybe they make a third Meg film, depending on how this movie legs out. It's going to drop like a rock next week with the audience score. So who knows? If they make it Sharknado on a big budget, I will be happy to go out and see it. Maybe I'll get excited. Maybe I'll even get excited. But no, this movie was so bad. It was so bad. Please just make it absolutely insane for me. The other film that opened this past week was another success this week. All the films I'm going to talk about this week are successes, which is amazing. And that is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Again, that is such a long name to say out every single time. I think I'm just gonna I'm just gonna refer to it as TMNT for the rest of the show or Mutant Mayhem. Eh, I think I'm gonna do Mutant Mayhem. I'm gonna refer to it as Mutant Mayhem for the rest of the show. So it opened on a Wednesday, so that meant preview started on a Tuesday. So it's been out for over a week at this point. Paramount keeps opening their films like this, and I feel like it's diluting their headlines, like their big box office headlines. But hey, whatever floats your boat. Trying to get this film out there before school starts, I guess. But they were only out by a week. We started on this week which is absolutely ridiculous but so yeah they, the last big movie of the summer was for little kids was mutant mayhem for the five day the film made 43 million and then it made only 28 million for the third day weekend which came into third place overall that's a very good sign for a film that only had a 70 million dollar budget that's very healthy budgeting that will turn allow this film to turn profit worldwide i think the film only opened in a few markets and made like 10 million but it's had a slower rollout than most picks i think it opens in australia in like sept after in, i think september 6th is when it opens which I'm pretty sure it's supposed to hit digital for like purchase on September 5th. So I don't know what they're doing over there at Paramount. They're just really bad at picking release dates at this point between Dungeons and Dragons, Transformers, this. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure there was one more too. I can't. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. They have picked the worst, absolutely worst dates for the movies coming this year after their amazing 2022 with Top Gun Maverick. Now they have this. Oh, whoever's managing it needs to get their act together. Also, why are you already announcing this? And kids' movies play longer in theaters so this is just this really stupid decision i mean look at elemental we'll talk about a second it legged out kids movies have been legging out spider-man across the spider-verse legged out and made so much money so it's so freaking stupid it just now is coming out on digital so it's so freaking stupid on paramount's behalf to put it already announced it's going to digital Ugh, it just makes me angry and the film got an ace in the score so audiences are loving the film it's gonna like that's what elemental got it's going to leg out even if the digital release will hurt a little it's still going to leg out but not as much as it could have been you're hurting your business a sequel which we'll see whenever the writers and actors strike is over and then sees they're doing a two-season show on paramount plus which i 
it's kind of cool. It's happening now once the writers and actors strike in. So we are getting more from this universe. I hope they bring some more emotion to the next film to really bring home their point. And I hope they don't make the humans as ugly as they are this time. It's hard to look at most of the humans in this film. I know it's a style, but still, it's hard to get your point across when they're just like, they're like, oh, they're so ugly. The turtles are so ugly. No, we don't like them when you look at yourself. Like, you are way uglier, sir. So I think they need to, maybe that's the message there, but I think they need to tone it down just a little bit. Tone it down just a little bit. So yeah, Mutant Mayhem making loads of money. And the last film that performed well this week it is barbie of course it made my mother was finally able to see this film she dressed up all for it my sister dressed up too we took we all went out just like lily and i did and she absolutely loved the film and she cried like four times she's she was mad because i didn't tell her that she was gonna cry I'm like nobody else cried only you cried at the mom stuff and i was like oh that's so sweet and she, it really related to her and she really loved it so that makes me even like the movie anymore it was just so much fun such a good time in the movies but this barbie this barbie has now made a bar billion dollars as the film crossed the billion dollar mark this past Sunday. I think now it's at 1.1 billion and is now trucking ahead of Super Mario Bros. to be the biggest film of the year. Wowza. It's the biggest ever for a female director and for the sol- for a solo female director, excuse me, and the first in the billion dollar club for any solo female director. It's probably going to pass, I think, Frozen 2, which is at like 1.45, maybe, or 1.5. That's the highest grossing film with a female director on board but she co-directed with a man so there's some stats in there so it might reach 1.5 might pass this might not we'll see but it had a 53 million third weekend almost bigger than any bit almost bigger than the opening weekend of the flash which had like 55 million i'm pretty sure bigger than shazam and fury of gods did in its entire domestic run warner bros needed this win really badly they also had the make two that was their film too so they had number one and number two after a really bad start this year they are kind of rebounding a little bit now they have a budget they only have money to budget superman legacy at this point it's absolutely historic performance and the more i see of this film the more i love it it's climbing on my favorites list for the year at this point and it gets better every time you see it and i'm not going to do like whole deep dive and off and on but i just want to mention it made 28.7 million dollars this weekend it's holding incredibly strong but there's not much more to say at this point but that means what with it making $28 million, that means that is there this first weekend since 2018 where four films made over $25 million at the box office. And I'm pretty sure it's only happened four times in history. That is a very healthy box office, very diverse box office. That last time it was Thanksgiving of 2018 with like Creed 3, Wreck-It Ralph, Fantastic Beasts, something like that. So that's crazy that that just happened this past weekend. It just it makes me happy that people are going back to the movies. And then as for some other news. Oh, I didn't put a graphic for Talk to Me too. Okay, we're just going to stick with Barbie. We're just going to stick with Barbie. Yeah, you jumped ahead. I saw it. Only Murders in the Building Season 3 for all your video watchers. But Talk to Me, sticking with the box office performers, Talk to Me, which has amassed a boatload of cash on its small budget, just got a sequel greenlit called Talk to Me, where it's like Talk number two, me. Perfect. Perfect name. It's a bit cheesy. But congrats to these filmmakers who got their start on YouTube. And I'm so glad this is working out well for them. It's just absolutely insane to see. Hopefully they will make it out to see this movie again before it leaves theaters. But... I got to see that Vampire on the Boat movie soon. So, so yeah, Talk to Me 2 is coming. I'm very, very excited. Hopefully, they can keep up the quality level from the first one. And then the last big box office news I want to talk about this week is that Elemental. I haven't talked about this film in over a minute. In, in a minute. No, for a minute. In a minute. But Elemental started off as the lowest opening ever for a Pixar film. Yes, even below Toy Story at $29.5 million. But now, thanks to great word of mouth, the film has climbed to $425 million worldwide and still has some chugging powder power and will likely finish with 470 to 500 million dollars at this point i would love it if the final show of this film had a five in front of it this reminds me of just puss and boost last wish last wish from december time where it, it laid out just like this puss and boost didn't cost 200 million to make though elemental cost 200 million to make and you see it all on screen though also there were, i read the interview that they did with the studio executive pixar who said this film was going to turn a profit and he said that disney is the only animation studio that does all of their animating work 
onshore in America. And also the executive salaries are coupled into the budgets. So that's why Disney budgets have been so high. Kind of explains how the film will be profitable because usually in normal circumstances, $200 million probably need to make like mid 500s to 600. Yes, that's right. As I said, someone reportedly turned a profit for studios, which makes, which makes me so happy because this is one of Pixar's best and a great boon for original anime content. I'm so glad Elemental's doing it on and it'll be on, it'll talk about its digital releasing, but yeah, Elemental is doing absolutely exceptional. And now for a TV show, a new TV show, Only Murders in the Building Season 3 was released. I watched, I binge watched the first two seasons when season two came out last year, probably July-ish. I can't remember exactly when it went, when it came out, but I binged them a little while last year. And honestly, I don't remember much. I was trying to do a rewatch before the new season came out, but I haven't had time whatsoever to accomplish that. The murder reveals are great. Bunny honestly became my favorite character at the beginning of the series. Whenever they did her season four episode solely focused on her. She was awesome. I miss Bunny. I'm not. She died. <laughs> By the way, spoilers for the first two seasons, but I'm not going to spoil anything for season three. But all three of the leads have absolute great chemistry. Selena Gomez, Martin Short, Steve Martin, they are absolutely perfect casting. They're all going to win enemies for the show one day. So the first two episodes dropped on a Tuesday with, there's, I think there's eight more releasing every Tuesday. As I said, again, no spoilers. But So the first two episodes, I'd like to jump in my review of the first two episodes in season three. Off to a great start. It's so cozy. My favorite thing about Only Murders in Building is just how cozy it is. It makes it, if for a TV show about murder, that's saying something. I love the New York setting. It's better at wintertime, too. They all have, like, cuddly clothes and then the music is just amazing and gets me in the mood every time i watch the show especially the main the main theme I'm like oh we're selling them for a nice little nice little murder show nice little murder show it's very very cozy and we have some newcomers this season and one of those the big standout for me is meryl streep how do they get her for the show that is absolutely insane i think she's what 70s 80 ish now and i'm so glad she's still acting she's the reason she's the greatest actress of all time hers she had a few standout scenes, but she took a back seat in the second episode. She's like prime stuff suspect number one for the murder, by the way. But yeah, she is absolutely awesome. They're giving her singing stuff to do, which I wasn't expecting, and she's going to deliver. Paul Rudd, he's in it way more than I thought it would be. He was killed at the last end of the last season, but he's in a lot of this lot of the show. But there's a lot of flashbacks and twists and turns that come with that. So I don't really want to delve into his character other than he's a really arrogant actor and they kind of delve into that and why he is and all the relationships he has with all the cast and why they like him, why they don't like him. He's, he's great. Absolutely great character, but I don't want to delve into it without risk of spoiling stuff. I didn't know Ashley Park was in this. He was in Joyride and Sweet Life of Dick and Beef. That was a bad voice guy. And Beef. She only has a few lines in the first two episodes, but I'm happy for what future her character holds because I just absolutely love Ashley Park. So hopefully they better give her something good to do here. Please. Um, I have less to say about the main three because the actors continue to be great and the characters are awesome. Uh, Martin Short, I think he's top billing. He is stressed out. He is, or maybe Steve Martin is, but Martin Stewart, he has his own, his has his own play. He is stressed out. There's a lot of stuff to do with stress for him. And he's feeling very overwhelmed. And I'm like, ah, oh, I can relate to you, Martin Short. And he's trying to keep his play on track. But there's some really good lines in here too with from his character. Selena Gomez, I thought she'd be in it less based on the reviews. A lot of reviews said she wasn't in it this season very much. So maybe she leaves towards the latter half. But there's some sad things that happen with her character. But she's in it a ton so far. And Selena Gomez is always great in this. This chemistry the main three have. Steve Martin, I don't like his girlfriend too much but i just love the way he comes he's like yep i'm the actor i've acted in things before and everyone's like yeah we know you don't have to tell us every single time it's great it's just absolutely great i love all three of them they're just perfect for the series and there's not much more i could say about that it hasn't already been said by other people but absolutely amazing again i did not know this was a musical maybe Meryl streep only signed on because she could sing i guess but we're doing a musical 
I'm like, uh, sometimes the musicals, when they just do a musical number every episode and it's just talking about their feelings, I'm like, this isn't progressing the story at all. I was watching High School Musical season four and the stuff about college, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is perfect related. It came out the first day of senior year and I'm watching these people start their first day of senior year. I was like, well, the timing's impeccable. But then they start singing. I'm like, oh, fast forward. I, I fast forward through those scenes. I'm, I don't think I'm going to fast forward the Only Murders in a Million because I'm not fast forwarding the Meryl Streep's, Meryl, Meryl Streep's singing, but I like musicals when you can progress the plot along and not just sit there and sing and stuff. It's just, uh, uh, speaking of all over the place with the musicals, the timeline for Only Murders in a Million is all over the place, but it is way easier to follow than Oppenheimer. That was like my one big critique of Oppenheimer was that you could not tell. It, I mean, you could tell eventually, but like jumping back and forth really left the audience like, what the heck is happening? This is a little year date, but when they jump back and forth here, they weave it into conversations. They cut back at the perfect times. It's executed much, much better on Only Mercibility than Oppenheimer. I know, I know a weird Oppenheimer comparison, but they very, very effectively jump around in time on the show. And I really, really enjoy it because I'm not like confused every two seconds on what the heck is happening. As I said, there's twists and turns. The end of the first episode was probably like the best cliffhanger for the show I have seen so far. It was awesome. Awesome first two episodes. I like season one more than I like the second season, so hopefully this is the best one. And so far, it had the best first episode of any of the seasons. And some great writing, too, about heart... There was, like, a line about, like, heartbeats. That's the, that's the last thing you hear before you die, and you don't ever notice it until it's too late, until you have to say goodbye. And there's another one I just love. I forgot it, though. It's just really great stuff here. Really great writing here. Probably do a season-wide review when all the episodes come out, maybe in, like, eight weeks or so. This isn't a show built for weekly review and discussion. I mean, it's, it's hard to do a weekly discussion on Only Murders in the Building Season 3. This is the only reason I'm subscribed to Hulu or stealing it from my friend at this point. I need her... I need to start the bear... But the first episode stressed me out too much, so eventually I'll get to the bear. But I, Jamie Lee Curtis is in that, so it's going to be on it. But I definitely recommend getting Hulu just to watch the show. Like, it's worth it. And as for, like, upcoming TV shows, I still got Ahsoka, which I'm going to review weekly, then Loki. I want to talk about Harley Quinn after that whole show's wrapped up. I think it's on episode four now. There's a new episode out today. I forgot. I got to go watch Harley Quinn now. I'm going to watch Harley Quinn now. That made my day. So, yeah, I got, I'm going to probably review Harley Quinn in that series. I'm probably going to review Only Murders in Building once the series wraps. So, I got a lot of TV stuff to review when there's not going to be as many interesting movies coming out like Gran Turismo. So, yeah, Only Murders in Building. Definitely, definitely check that out. Next up, DC drama. The DC drama continues. Even under Jen Gunn's new leadership, I'm just so sick and tired of this. But honestly, it's just so funny at this point. Like, someone has to be cursed that's involved heavily in the DC brand. Because it feels like every time someone new gets brought on to the DC brand, they get they get piled down in all that drama, too. We see every actor regret joining this franchise eventually. Like, Rock. The Rock got punched in the face by this franchise. Zachary Levi. Who else? Everybody. Henry Cavill. Ben Affleck. Everybody is regretting. Everybody gets sucker punched in the face at least one time. Aquaman, it hasn't happened yet, but I'm sure it's probably going to happen with a sequel at this point. Just time. Give it time. And I just... There's two pieces of news that came out this week. And let's start off with the one that I'd more like to see than the other one, even though I don't want to see either. And that is Wonder Woman 3. Gal Gadot says she has had meetings discussing Wonder Woman 3 with James Gunn and Peter Safran, who is promising that Gal Gadot will be returning and they're going to make a Wonder Woman 3. And this is out Patty Jenkins, by the way, who directed the first two Wonder Woman films. A lot of people loved the first Wonder Woman. I thought it was okay. Maybe I need to rewatch because I haven't seen it. I like the scene with the her running out to No Man's Land. That was a good scene, but the third act fell apart. It fell apart completely. And then they gave her full creative, Kylie Jenkins, the director and writer, gave her full creative control over the sequel. And then she went around, she went around repping it to everyone. And then it came out and everybody hated it. I actually really enjoyed Wonder Woman 1984, but I love the 80s aesthetic. So that really helped me love the film even more. And I'm kind of blindsided by that sometimes. Really good 80s. Like maybe that's why I love cocaine. There's so much when set with the 80s music, 80s music, and they got all the themes and stuff. I think you just automatically get a win in the book for me. 
But Patty Jenkins, as I said, she went solo on this third film. She called everybody, I'm claiming to control over everything. I chose this. I did this. Everything is 100% my vision. And then everybody hated it. And she she hasn't come back since then. She is solely to blame. I think that made her lose her Star Wars Squadrons movie, which was supposed to come out this year. I wish we ever had a Star Wars film coming out this year. That was supposed to come out, um, which is not happening anymore. But And she was supposed to do Cleopatra 2 with Gal Gadot, which is apparently moving forward, but without Patty Jenkins. And but Patty Jenkins is out, and we thought that Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman was out too. But apparently, according to the actress, she will be back. Huh? What? No. Why? What? Are, what are they doing over there? Why are we not just doing a hard reboot? I don't want to keep any of this preconceived notions. It's just, oh, it's very annoyed. I recently watched the Suicide Squad, the good one, the Suicide Squad, the James Gunn one. There, uh, I saw it in the film's two-year anniversary, and then I saw the Harley Quinn. Someone. They were doing the two-year anniversary, and someone responded with the best scene in the film, and it was the Harley Quinn action scene. I was like, I think I need to rewatch this film. It's so good. And I rewatched. I was like, this is amazing. I love the characters. That movie is so great. But also, Margot Robbie specifically. But also, I'm in a Margot Robbie quick, quick, Margot Robbie kick after watching Barbie. But all that being said, let's start over. I love these people so much, but you got to rip that bandaid off. They're being held by dead weight at this point. And if we keep anybody, we're going to keep that dead weight on us. It's just. It's so stupid. James Gunn is gonna probably gonna keep his Suicide Squad cast. Maybe Margot Robbie. I'm not sure. I think she might be done. Even though she's like the one, the one character. Her and Supergirl are the ones I want to stay at this point. If if anybody has to stay, it's got to be them too. Peacemaker and all his friends, and now apparently Gal Gadot is Wonder Woman. Oh, they got rid of Henry Cavill and Ben Affleck. He Ben Affleck kind of wouldn't believe, but they pissed off a lot of people, a lot of Zack Snyder friends fans when he got rid of Henry Cavill and. I'm pretty sure James Gunn will never let that down if he keeps everybody else, which is seems like he's what he's doing. It's just it's just a mess, and I'm gonna have to keep explaining. I'm gonna have to keep explaining to people that this isn't this is DC, but not really. It's a soft start. Well, what's that? What's Robert Pattinson's Batman doing? What's that? What's that Joker movie? It just grinds my gears so much that I have to explain it because it overcomplicates it, and then it makes you sound even more stupid when you're talking about the superhero stuff. It just focus on one complete cinematic universe. We can do other stuff eventually, but let's just focus on a complete start over connected universe like marvel there's where people are understand what's going on now there's too much stuff they don't understand what's going on but like let's start with like one maybe two movies a year that's it and the same continuity you can do that it'd be a lot better why are we just not starting fresh every single one of the past dc films the since aquaman or no mm, since shazam in 2019 let's say that since shazam since covid birds of prey flopped black adam flopped what else came out uh, Flash, Shazam, Fury of Gods, Wonder Woman 1984, The Suicide Squad, all of those projects flopped. Why are we not starting fresh? It's just, we're continuing to bring baggage over because we're not restarting. Maybe she meant executive producer, but she kind of came out and said, no, I'm back as Wonder Woman. So <sighs> I, I, it would be such a stupid decision. I hope it doesn't make it past the conversation stage. It really, really annoys me. As for another DC film news, that even annoys me even more, honestly, at this point. And that is that the, I got to get my thoughts on the first Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. Picture right there. Oh, picture. The picture right there. Right there. The picture right there for all you video listeners. I have graphics up on YouTube, by the way, if you haven't noticed yet. But Suicide Squad, which came out in 2016, which is by far the inferior. No, it's, it's not inferior. It's dog crap. It's dog crap compared to the other one. It's so bad. They tamper. They released a Comic-Con trailer. When the first one was coming out and then everybody absolutely adored and then they the, the studio was like okay everybody loves it so let's bring a trailer editing company to re-edit the film just made it so bad it's just i don't even know like i don't want to talk about it because i haven't seen it in so many years but i've seen it a couple times but it's, it's just so bad i don't ugh, i don't want to think about it anymore but zach snyder's david yates said james gunn told them they were going to release the air cut eventually again what 
Huh? Why? Zack Snyder's Justice League cut went incredibly poorly. Warner Brothers lost so much money. They lo- they spent $70 million to finish that cut. I remember always saying, the cut's just sitting there. You can just release it. No. There was 70 more million dollars that needed to be poured into it. And nobody even watched it. And it wasn't even that good. It did not need to be four hours. And honestly, when I need to rewatch Justice League, I just give up. Because the good one, which is Zack Snyder's Justice League, it's okay. It's good. I mean, it's just like them. I mean, it's fine. I don't want to watch it because it's four hours. And then the Just Just Whedon one kind of sucks too. So I'm like, oh, I just don't want to watch it. I don't want to repeat. I, it seems like Warner Brothers wants to make their same mistakes over again. But apparently this is more of a complete thumbless Snyder cut. At least that's true. Maybe they will only have to pour like 10 million into it, which is still insane because this is all so stupid. They should have just done it when initially released instead of all this bull crap. And I'm just so tired of all the bots on YouTube, on Twitter. Behind the scenes photos of Jared Leto and Margot Robbie that were never seen in the film. Those look kind of cool. So maybe we see that in the air cut. But I, I want to move on with the new stuff. I don't want to go back to the to the bad, bad old DC. And David Yates, who's a director who keeps campaigning for this, he's a bad director. I can't say he's ever made a good movie, a great movie, or even a good movie. He did that Will Smith, right? Something with an alien on Netflix. That was bad. He did a few other ones. He wrote he wrote a good movie, I think, according to people. I don't know. It's He's done nothing recently, and he doesn't give me faith that this film is going to be any better. Maybe it'll be just be okay, but I don't want okay for dragging, dragging up back all this drama. Let's just move on. I don't repeat the Snyder cut, nor the bots and the whole situation created. Please don't harass me, Snyder fans. I just, that's my movie opinion, okay? You can go restore the Snyderverse on Netflix. It's never happening, by the way. <laughs> but thesis here is just restart the DCU. Let's just start over fresh. I'm just, I'm just so done with all the DC stuff, so. That is it for my DC rant. I just had to get that on my system because I'm just very disappointed in the new leadership that's happening. I'm just, it's very, very idiotic. But as for fun stuff, as for what's coming next week, Little Mermaid is coming September 6th, Disney Plus. Great movie. I would totally check. I've liked it more and more every time I see it. I mean, I've only saw it twice, but I'd probably watch it again. It's just Halle Bailey's excellent. And can people continue to bash on her? No, she's amazing. It's the only difference is that her pigmentation of her skin is different. It's wonderful. She's perfectly cast. Absolutely excellent. I love Little Mermaid. And I support Halle Bailey. And I love Melissa McCarthy in it, too. It's just an awesome movie. Totally check it out. It could be another Encanto or Moana that explodes on Disney+. Plus. I could totally see that happening at this point with Lin-Manuel Miranda's tinker and all of these ones. I could see them staying and just exploding. We'll see, though. We'll see, though. September 6th. It's coming up soon. Coming up soon. Oh, one month away. But it'll probably be here in like a blink of an eye at this point. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is now out on digital for purchase, I believe, for like $20. I started to watch it again, but I need to finish it. The movie is just so good. I watched the first 20 minutes with the Gwen Stacy stuff. Highly, highly recommend. No Hard Feelings has been announced. It'll hit PVOD, which means like you have to purchase its purchase. It'll be out August 15th along with Elemental on digital. So both those films come out August 15th on digital. All of these past four movies I listed out are so good. Definitely check them out. You will will not be disappointed. But as for new films coming out, that's on my one side right there. Oh, 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 oh. That side right there. That's our that's our digital releases. But over on the other side, if I can do it. Nope, I can't do it. Over on the other side on my graph, Blue Beetle. Blue Beetle is in a big new film next week. And Blue Beetle Battalion. Everybody loves sending that on Twitter because they're in support of this film because actors can't promote it. But trailers have been so bad. And it used to be an HBO Max movie and now theatrical. So maybe the exact thing is good. But they were also the ones that called Flash the best superhero film of all time. So I don't know if I believe them at this point. I'm happy, I'm happy for the cast because they really seem like good people. There's a lot of videos of them coming out and looking at the billboards. And I'm all crying. I'm like, oh, oh. And then I realize how bad the movie looks. I'm like, oh. But they look like good people. I hope I hope their career doesn't write on this film. They look like great. And they look like they're doing a great job in this bad, poorly directed, poorly edited trailer. But 
I hope the best for them. Not nothing of the criticism against the movie is against them at this point. And also Oppenheimer also extended its IMAX run in 70 millimeters. So I think that's like 14 IMAXs in the US, like the biggest IMAXs in the US. Oppenheimer will have it until the end of August. So Blue Beetle's not getting any of those IMAXs. They're getting the small little IMAXs. But the new box office not bought new box office projections have updated from like it was 12 to 17 million about a couple weeks ago. And now it's up to 30 million domestic opening i think that's squarely due to squarely due to barbenheimer and all the other recent box office success because they haven't done anything to make their ad campaign great well i'll see this movie i expect this movie to be bad though but let's see maybe it'll be a fun surprise and then the other big new movie coming out next week is strays which is the will ferrell dog comedy it doesn't look funny to me from the trailers i might skip it if it has a low rt at this point i don't know if i want to do a double feature blue beetle in this i don't know if i can can do that to myself I just really hope we have another great comedy this year, but I don't think it's going to happen in this film. The jokes, they, they had one good post, the devil in the sky, and it was the postman. That was one funny joke, but the rest of it just, it doesn't seem funny. And honestly, it might open bigger than Blue Beetle, though, which that would be absolutely hilarious. Maybe I have to go see it strictly because it opens bigger than Blue Beetle at this point. And then not for a new movie, but a new movie that is a movie that is coming to theaters, and that is a Sharknado 10th anniversary re-release coming out August 15th for two nights, August 15th and 16th, with new and better special effects. I think they did this just for me after my rant about the Meg to the trench, about how I just wanted to be Sharknado, and I just want to see Sharknado on the big screen. They're giving me Sharknado on the big screen, but I think I have to drive like an hour to go see it, so maybe I'll do it, who knows, but I'll try to make it out and see the true shark experience after the Meg let me down. I love all six Sharknado films, my favorite being the third one where they go to Universal, that's the best one of them. The sixth one I think had like time travel, but they always had the best naming conventions too, the first one's in like LA. I love the Sharknado films, like the only thing I've ever watched on the sci-fi channel, I'm pretty sure that was them, but yeah. So coming next week, a lot of stuff coming out, a lot of stuff to review. August is still slow, and it's just not as enjoyable as the other months. I think August is definitely the worst the worst month of the year at this point. But yeah, that'll do it for this week's episode seeing it all. Did you watch Only Murders in the Building Season 3? What did you think of that first episode? And you let me know. Please mark your comment with spoilers if you do comment, though. What did you think of all the DC drama? Do you agree with me? Do you not? You're a Snyder fan. Please don't let me know. <laughs> and then do, what do you think of the box office performance? Everything is making money at this point, it seems. But yeah, make sure to check back next week for my Blue Beetle review and maybe a Stray's review. Probably does Ahsoka start? Ahsoka doesn't start next week. I'll probably have a TV review here and there. We'll see. But yeah, that'll do it for this week's episode of Seeing It All. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe, follow me on my socials. Still pretty long. I thought we were going to be way shorter today, but still I managed to talk for 29 minutes at this point. But yeah, thank y'all for listening. Have a good night now.